Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. They always say don't clap till afterwards, really. <laughs> Good to see you here in church on Sunday. Anyone start last night and watch the cricket? I know there are a few cricket. Who of you are thinking, what's he talking about cricket? I didn't even know it was on. A lot of you would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, okay. I won't talk about the cricket then. Good to see you here at church on Sunday. A bit of rain last night as well, as Kent said. And last week was fantastic. I would, I would uh, if you weren't here last week, I would really encourage you to look at what happened here last week just to see Jason Green's testimony, which was absolutely fantastic. Talked about how God can transform someone's life. So make sure you you look at it if you haven't seen it. If you have, look at it again, because you'll get a lot out of it. But uh, it was fantastic last week. Imagine if you could buy a pill like that, that would make you a nicer person. A pill would make you nicer. Would you buy that pill? It transformed you into a nicer, more forgiving, more trustful person. You were less angry, less volatile, and you were actually calmer during stress. You could think clearer when you're under stress. People actually noticed that you were a lot nicer. Would you buy that pill if it made you a nicer person? What if I told you it had zero side effects and was free? Would you access that pill? Come on, I I will ask you to put your hand up. Would you like that pill? Make you a nicer person. I'm looking at all the people who are not putting their hand up. A few people don't want to be nicer. It sounds too good to be true. But it's actually, it's not a gimmick. It is readily available to you and it's free to anyone that wants it. This week I read an interesting article entitled Neurophysiological Benefits of Worship. Now that's that's the nerdy title. But what it actually looked at is changes in your brain as you worship. And it looked at the long-term benefits of worshipping. Now, this was done by a non-Christian, a neuroscientist in America, and he looked at the changes in the brain pathways as people worshipped a higher being. And what he found was interesting. He found that people... And now, just remember, this is actually scientifically measured. So it's not just people saying, I feel kinder, or such and such seems kinder. This is what it, felt, uh, this is what it actually um, showed. It showed that people were more kind, were nicer, were more forgiving were more empathetic and were cooler in a crisis if they worshipped, if they praised someone. It changed you. It changed the people around you as well when you did that, when you, when you praised God regularly. It changed the way your brain worked and you became a nicer person, all from praising God. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at uh, praising God. We choose to praise him. We're going to look at people in the Bible who made praising God a habit and we're going to see how it affected them in different circumstances in their life. It's extraordinary to think that you can change your brain as you become a praiser so that you're nicer, more forgiving, more empathetic and so that you are calmer in a crisis. 
And we're going to see that in people in the Bible. It's extraordinary what can happen to you when you become a praiser, if there's such a word. When you become a worshipper, how it can change you, how it can change the people around you, how it can actually build an atmosphere of faith around you so that miracles can happen. I'm going to read you a psalm now. This is Psalm 145. This is written by a guy called David who had an extraordinary life. This is what he wrote. I will exalt you, my King, God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. So this guy was in the habit of being a praiser, of being a worshipper. And I will extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Now, this guy wasn't a negative guy. As he wrote this, you can imagine the mood that he he had when he wrote this on his scroll. But then he goes on. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. He is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All your works will praise you. Your faithful people will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom. They will speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It, it endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. He upholds, upholds all who fall and he lifts those who are bowed down. The eyes of all will look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open their hand and you satisfy the desires of every, every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever and ever. What a psalm this is. This is written at the end of David's life. And he sat down and he wrote these words as he looked back over his life and the years. And he'd seen how good God had been to him. What's really interesting about this psalm is he doesn't actually ask God for anything. He doesn't say, I need this, I need your provision, I, I need you to do this in my life. It's purely a praising psalm. He extols God. And he, and he proclaims, not only extols God, but also says to everyone who reads it, I will praise him forever and ever. Every day I will praise him. I will make praise an attitude. I will make it a lifestyle. And so it's a praise psalm. He says, I will exalt you, my God and King, forever and ever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever and ever. Can you see the passionate praise? That David has. And he made a lifestyle of this. He made a decision, I will praise God. No matter what, I will praise him. I'll do it every day. I will make it my lifestyle. And as he did that, it changed his brain. He didn't even know that. He'd never heard of neuroscience. But as he prayed God every day, it actually changed his brain. Why is that? Because God's created our brains and he's created us to praise him. And when we do, we become more complete as a person. We actually become the person we were created to be. On a spiritual level, on a neurophysical level, we become the person that he's created us to be. What I love about this anthem of praise is that you can see David's life interwoven through the psalm. 
Like in verse 4, he says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty. They tell of the power of your awesome works. I wonder if he, as he wrote this, he thought back many years to when he was just a teenager and he encountered a giant called Goliath. I wonder if he thought back to that day when he put the stones in the sling It's a great story that you read in 1 Samuel 17, how God's people were on one side of the valley and a Philistine army were on the other side. And their uh, their champion came out every day, morning and night, and he would say, send down your champion to fight me. And if you beat us, if your champion beats me, then uh, we'll become your slaves. But if I beat your champion, then you become our slaves. This guy, though, Goliath, was huge, maybe eight to ten feet tall. He was massive. The average height of a man back then was about five foot two. So can you, you can imagine the size difference, three to five feet taller and massive. And it's said that every time he came out and challenged the Israelite army, that they were in great distress when they saw the size of him. But then David stepped forward. He heard the challenge and he said, I'm going to take on this giant I'm going to do it at a five-foot, maybe, shepherd boy. He didn't have military training. He didn't have great size or strength on his side. But he had one thing. He had the words of praise in his lips. And so where no professional soldier would take on this giant, David said, I'll take on this giant, see what God can do. And if you read the story, as he ran at the giant, as he went towards an impossible task... This was impossible for a five-foot shepherd boy to be attacking a ten-foot warrior. As he ran towards him, he cried out, all, who, all, all those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Words of praise on his lips. Even as a kid, he started with that attitude of praise. And as he faced the giant, one generation commend your works to another. It's because of your power and your awesome works. David praised God. And so as he faced that giant, he ran towards the giant with confidence, praising God all the way. I wonder what giants you're facing today. Like I said, the army was terrified and dismayed. But David kept praising God and ran towards the giant. What giant are you facing today? Maybe you've got a big problem and it looks big and it looks hairy and it looks like a warrior in your eyes. David the praiser ran towards the giant with confidence because he was a praiser and because he knew God, who God is. I will praise God every day, forever and ever I will praise him. I wonder as he wrote this psalm, I wonder if he thought... I'll read verse 13 to you. It says, The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. I wonder if he remembered a time in his life where he wasn't actually running at a giant, victorious, but he was actually bowed low, feeling desperate and lonely. Because David's life wasn't full of victorious battles every day, showing God's immense strength in his life. He had periods of extreme loneliness and hopelessness where it felt like God's promises were a long way away. In 1 Samuel, 
21, we read a remarkable story how David had run from King Saul, who was the king of the nation. But he'd been proclaimed king, the next king. So Saul decided to hunt him down and try kill him. And so he fled to a rival nation. And he arrived at the palace at Gath, which was actually where Goliath had come from, who he'd killed earlier. And he hid out there in the palace until someone recognised him. And they said, isn't this David the guy that killed Goliath? We've now got him in our hands, so he's isolated, he's alone, he's in mortal danger. What do you do in that situation? He does what every husband does. He pretended he was insane. Uh, I'm in trouble, I'll pretend I'm insane. And you can actually read it in the Bible that he dribbled onto his beard and made marks on the doorposts. That's what I do when Carly asks me to do the ironing or something. I act insane. Uh, But that's what he did to get out of it. Interesting what he wrote in Psalm 56 about that incident. So you read that incident in 1 Samuel 21. In Psalm 56, you can actually read his mindset. This is what he wrote. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in him I trust and will not be afraid. Even when he is lonely, isolated, in mortal danger... His first thought is, I will praise God. I will trust in him and I will see what he can do. He escaped. And he went from there and he he hid out in the cave of Adullam. Now, I think we got a picture of that, Lockie. This is the actual cave of Adullam in Israel. This is where he, he fled and he hid. And so now he's just escaped mortal danger. Now he's in this cave. Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 21. And he was there alone, but then everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in their soul, they gathered to him. And he became commander over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Now, what can be worse than hiding out in a cave on your own? It's being then surrounded by people who are in distress, in debt, and they're all bitter in soul. Can you imagine that gathering coming to you? What a church that is. Everyone's in distress, in debt, and bitter in soul. Who wants to be commander over them? So now David's in this position. What's he thinking now? What's he going to do with this bunch of people who are are in debt and distress and and they're all um, bitter in their soul? What's he going to do? We actually know what he does because in Psalm 57, he writes about his time in that cave with these people. This is what he writes. I'm in the midst of lions... I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp as swords. So that's who he's with in the cave in Psalm 57. But be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. He had an attitude of praise. And so in that cave, when he's surrounded by men who are bitter in soul, in distress or in debt, what did he do? He started to praise He started to worship God. And the amazing thing is he changed the atmosphere in that cave. And those people went from being bitter in soul and in distress to becoming his men, trusted allies of him. It all had to do with praise. What do you do when you're surrounded by people who are bitter in soul and no doubt saying negative things? You praise That's what David did in this situation. His situation was always, his solution was always the same. No matter where I find myself, when I'm running at a giant, 
when I'm in mortal danger and alone, when I'm surrounded by people who are entirely negative all the time, I choose to praise him and I change the atmosphere of where I am. I choose to praise because praise changes the atmosphere. It does something in your brain neurophysically. It does something in your spirit as it lifts it, but it also changes the atmosphere around you and builds an atmosphere of faith as you choose to praise God no matter what. It changes things. And so for David, his solution was always to praise. In Psalm 145, we just read in verse 18, he wrote this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. To those who are in distress, he hears their cry and he saves them. I wonder if when he wrote this, he remembered back to a time at Ziklag. You can read about this in 1 Samuel 30. Ziklag for a time was David's hometown. He left Adullam and he had his men with him and he had his followers and so they made Ziklag their hometown. It's where their wife and their kids lived. And you can read in this, in this uh, passage in, in 1 Samuel 30 that him and his men had been out making war like you did back then. They'd gone out, they'd left the city, they'd made war. They'd come back and they'd found that their city had been attacked while they were out. Uh, attacked by the Amalekites and burned to the ground and their families had been taken away as hostages. Now, this is devastating. This is what it actually says in 1 Samuel 30. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking now of stoning him. Remember, these were the men in the cave that were bitter in soul and, and how prayer changed that atmosphere, praise. But now they've gone back to default. Uh, this has happened to us. Let's stone him. He's the one that's brought us here. Each one was bitter in spirit. There's that saying again. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and daughters. So what do you do in this situation? Your own family's been taken away. Your town's been destroyed. Your men who you trust are now turning on you and saying, let's stone him. We are bitter in spirit. This is the very next line. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I'd love to know what he did to do that. I think what he did was got away alone, started to praise God. God, you are the one that knows. And he started to sing the songs that they sang in church. He started to sing, this is a, a house of miracles, a house of praise. And he started to worship God as his world was falling down. He started to look up and started to worship God. You see, that's the sort of man that David was. He was a praiser, a worshiper, no matter what. His first response was always, I choose to praise. And it affected not only him, but the atmosphere and the situation he found himself in. No matter what the situation, his response was always to praise. When he was facing a giant, he praised. When he was in a cave surrounded by people bitter in spirit, he praised. When he had cried so much that he had no more tears left to cry and now his men were turning on him, his response was to praise. I choose to praise him. And in every situation, he seemed to find a way through 
with God's strength as he chose to praise. You see, praise is a powerful weapon. It not only is good for you neurologically, it's good for your brain, and that's fantastic, but it's also a powerful spiritual weapon. And you change the atmosphere around you as you make a choice to praise. And no matter what I go through, no matter what I face, I can get through this because I choose to praise. And no matter what the enemy may bring against you, no matter what is arrayed against you, as you praise, you change the atmosphere around you and you allow an atmosphere where miracles can work. God, we can get through this together. Praise is a powerful weapon. No wonder at the end of his life, David talked about praise the way he did. No wonder he wrote, I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and I'll extol your name. My mouth will speak in praise of you. Let every creature who has breath praise his holy name forever and ever. Every creature... I wish everyone could feel God in his life the way I do, David was saying. I wish everyone could have that, that knowledge of the power that praise brings. I wish all of you would praise him every day, forever and ever. He chose to praise. And so over the next five weeks, four weeks, we're going to look at praise. We're going to look at characters in the Bible who did what David did and see how their situation changed as they chose to praise I go back to that question I asked right at the beginning. What if you found a way, a pill, that made you nicer, calmer in terrible situations, better, to, better able to deal with what, what life throws at you? That's what praise does. As you make a decision to praise him, it changes you. It changes your perspectives on life. It changes the atmosphere around you. It's a spiritual weapon. It can actually change the people around you so that they change into nicer people who are more empathetic and trusting. And they are confident about their future. We have a choice. We have a choice to praise him. When I face a situation, what's my default? Is it to be bitter in spirit? Is it to say, why God? Is it to say, woe is me, this is the end now? Or is it to say, God, I choose to praise you? And I don't know how we're going to get through this, but we're going to get through this together because I'm going to praise you. And no matter what happens right now, I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to continue to praise you day after day because you're my God. As you make that decision, it transforms your life. You become a confident, uh, positive person who believes that there's hope and a way through as you make the decision to praise. I will praise you every day. When life is good, I'll praise you. But even when life seems bad, I'll praise you. Because right then is where I open the door for God to do a miracle in my life. I will praise you. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. Next four weeks are going to be great. And hopefully... They will change the way we view our lives, our faith, and hopefully we can become people of praise. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness to us. I want to be, uh, thank you for everything that we have. We are such uh, a blessed people to live in Chinchilla in 2021. 
when I see everything you provide for us, when I see the opportunities we have, when I see the freedom that we have to worship you, I'm so thankful. And Lord, I'm so thankful that we can praise you, that we can make the choice to praise the God who is the creator of the universe, who has us in his hands. And we can make the choice to be positive about you, who you are and who you are in our life. Lord, I thank you we have this opportunity. And I pray over the next few weeks you begin to touch our heart. And we know what it is to say every day I choose to praise you. I choose to see you working in my life. I choose to to make you the centre of my life. I choose to praise you. I pray that would be the, the stand that we take. And I pray as we do that, we'd see our own perspective change, but also the atmosphere around us. I pray that we'd see miracles start to occur in our life as we choose to praise you every day, as we make it a lifestyle. God, change us and challenge us. Lord, may we become people of praise, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.